TNHoller.com, at the TN Holler, all across the state, all of these other hollers, including Memphis, where our guest today is from. And that's all thanks to your supporting and chipping in. We're an independent site, and that really does help. Also, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Elisa Parker, who's a realtor. And if you're in Middle Tennessee, you can support us by supporting her. If you guys are buying and selling and knowing what it is, that's really, really helpful. JB Smiley is our guest today. JB, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, trying to come down off of all the excitement of the announcement, but just uh, ready to get to work. For people who don't know, JB is running for governor here in Tennessee. He's also a councilman in Memphis, and he has joined the fray to replace Governor Lee, which I think most people who follow the holler would like to see happen. There's a few other people in the race. I guess I would love to start by asking you what made you decide to do this? Uh, some of the same reasons I decided to run for the Memphis City Council. Right now, what I believe that we need is both competent and compassionate leadership. Competent, someone who understands the law, how the law has potentially could have negative impacts on people. And also someone who's compassionate, someone who's been there, who knows what it's like to go without, but also knows what it's like to live in communities that are influent but still have needs. So, you know, I'm running for those reasons. And right now, our administration has failed to put the people at the forefront of every decision that's being made. And I tell people all the time, the ultimate role of an elected official is ultimately to bend to the will of the people. You give the people what they want, dollars in their pocket, the ability to go to school, knowing that they children that would have the ability to graduate and go into meaningful employment. Born and raised in Memphis. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, you're you're on the younger side, right? You're 34 years old. I'm 34. So tell us about uh, about your, your background. And, you know, you also mentioned you're a lawyer. I'd love to hear about that. I'm just like everybody else. I, I care deeply about my family, my community. And I love sports. Um, I don't think you can have a, I can have a conversation honestly about myself and not talk and say ball is life. It was all Shelby Metro in Memphis in 2005. Um, went to Tennessee Tech University in Cookville, Tennessee. Played basketball for three years there and transferred to University of Pikeville. Uh, went from Oaxaca, Mexico to the ABA and also played professional show basketball with the Harlem Ambassadors. Moved back home, ultimately decided to go to law school and learn a lot about politics, just trying to find where our generation fits into the concept of leadership and what leadership looks like. You know, when we ran, uh, no one in the business community wanted to support a young guy who wasn't a part of a political machine trying to get involved. But it's my belief that, you know, ultimately, if we put people first, we, we move the needle, we talk about the issues that matter to folks, we can get people out to the polls. So, you know, I'm just excited, excited about this moment, excited what it for means for Tennessee. You mentioned the issues. I do want to get into that. But I will say it's a big jump to go from councilman to governor, right? That's a big leap. Like there's stops along the way, mayor's races, that kind of thing. What made you go from this to being like, you know what, I'm going to run for governor? I'm glad you asked that question. Well, I would say this. It's not necessarily a big leap. We are not questioning what uh, we are. Uh, when we have folks who have no government experience at all telling us they're coming to fix a government they've never really been a part of. We don't have those conversations. We have those conversations with candidates like myself. Why I make the decision? Competent. I understand the law. I have the ability to sit down and write the laws and make sure the laws are putting people first and compassionate. I've been there. I've lived in communities where uh, my neighbors went without. I also lived in communities where my neighbors had everything. We need someone who is dynamic and can bring people together. Right now, we spend so much time talking about the national issues, 
but not enough time talking about how we can bring folks together. We don't talk about the common issues we all have in, in common. Memphis tends to get overlooked or, you know, pushed around, especially at the state level. What's your feeling on the ground in Memphis? Have you been involved in you know, the activist world there? And what do you think people in Memphis are looking for from a candidate from Memphis, but also from a governor in general? Since our announcement, you know, I go out, people are excited. They're excited for what it means to potentially have a Democratic candidate that actually cares about Shelby County, that actually cares about West Tennessee. It's not just Memphis, it feels like it's overlooked. The entire Western part of the state feels like that the current administration has forgotten about us. What they're looking for is someone who cares, someone who is not afraid to walk the streets of our community. You cannot represent me if you're scared to walk the streets into my community without a large detail, without uh, security, without a bodyguard. Uh, what people will tell you about me, I'm with the people, I'm for the people, and every day I fight for the people. I'm campaigning for the people. Folks just like you and I who understand that the folks who sit in these offices have to answer to us. They work for us. We just had a KKK Grand Wizard bus get removed from the Capitol. There's a lot of racial tension in this state. You know, we just saw the protesters criminalized for calling for racial justice. What's your general sense of how things are as a black man running for governor in Tennessee racially here in the state? Also, as a part of that question, have you started to talk to people in rural Tennessee and how do you anticipate those conversations going? Generally, in terms of race relations, you cannot lead if you're unwilling to have difficult conversations. And a difficult conversation to have in the state of Tennessee is about race. It's about racial inequity. It's about education inequity. And what I've been doing uh, since I announced my candidacy, second interview idea, I talked about you know whether Tennessee was ready for a candidate like me. I'm 34. I'm black. I'm single. And I'm from West Tennessee. Put that out at the very beginning. So if you want to have a conversation with me as it relates to race, we can talk about it. But right now, what I'm more focused on is about how we move Tennessee forward and how we bring people together. Most of the counties and most of the districts in the state are very rural, very white. I'm just wondering, you know, if, if that's a part of your strategy and what you think about those conversations and what your way into those will be. Absolutely. It has to be a part of the Democratic nominee strategy. It has to be a part of any Democratic candidate strategy. But before I even decided to put my head in the ring, so to speak, I called almost every Democratic Party chair, because I wanted them to hear from me why I was thinking about running. And I wanted to hear from them what was important to them. You have to talk to those leaders to determine what issues are important. We've done it and we will continue to do that. I don't think we spend all our time in urban areas. We have to touch some of the rural communities as well. And one thing that I would note uh, when I was having the calls with the county party chairs, they were excited. They were excited that a candidate that was considering a run for statewide office even reached out to them. I believe if we go into all the communities, have conversations with real people, people will go out and vote. Um, we saw it in Harold Ford Jr.'s race. He was within 50,000 votes of becoming United States Senator because he went into the Little Rebel, Little Rebel. There was a restaurant he visited called the Little Rebel, and he had conversations with people he that traditional Democrats would say would not vote for him. You have to have real conversations to talk about real issues to move that needle. So speaking of talking about real issues, uh, just yesterday in Shelby County, some parents uh, protested at the school board meeting calling for virtual learning and basically just generally angry that Governor Lee has get, let things get as bad as they are in Tennessee. We have the worst outbreak in the entire country. I think it's pretty safe to say that Governor Lee has completely 
failed us. What's your general attitude about these fights that we're seeing at the local level about masking, about vaccinations, and about Governor Lee's performance in general? This administration has had a complete disregard for the welfare of the people in this state. The administration should take a very firm stand, encourage people to get wear masks, encourage people to get vaccinated, but also stop putting its feet and constraints on local governments from doing their job. You go to the local governments, you say, what do you need to support your community to make sure that your community is safe? Stop overstepping the local governments. We have to support the local governments. And right now, our administration does not care about local governments because our administration believes it knows best, which is essentially taking a hands-off approach as it relates to COVID-19. Well, I'm assuming that means you wouldn't have a basically a mass mandate ban if you were governor. I almost said things that I shouldn't say, but of course not. Governor Lee's other priority has been vouchers leading the attack against public schools in general. Where do you stand on public education, vouchers, charter schools, all that? So one, I support public education. Two, I support the teachers. Right now, our uh, education is not being properly funded. We need to fund and fully fund our education so that our teachers can get a pay, but also give them the necessary resources so they can do what they're supposed to, which is properly educate our young people. It's absurd how we're going about you know, handling the education system. We're going to put vouchers here, do vouchers there, when everyone in our state is saying we need to support public education. So I'm a strong proponent of public education. I know there was an incident a few years back between you and a police officer when you got pulled over. What's your feeling about police reform? And then also I'd like to know about permitless carry. Um, my term on the city council, we've done a lot of progressive things. If you paid attention to how the commercial appeal describe my time on council is someone who pushes for equity and also someone who pushes for transparency. One of the initiatives that I sponsor is something called the MPD Transparency Portal. If there's ever uh, excessive complaints, excessive force complaints for law enforcement officers, misuse of body-worn cameras, you can go online to track those in the city of Memphis because of the efforts that we've had early on. There was an article in the Commercial Appeal that mentioned uh, how much money people will have to pay to get access to those records. And it's my belief that that information should be public. And we also uh, did something different. We requiring all our police officers to live within a, their communities. You can't live an hour outside uh, in the Arkansas and Mississippi to work in our communities. Because we believe that community policing is essential to making sure that our communities are safe, but not necessarily just making our communities are safe, but making sure that people are comfortable with the law enforcement officers in their community. And the, making sure the law enforcement law enforcement officers are comfortable with the communities that they live in. Is politics something that's always been a part of you? Like, do you see this being something that you continue to do no matter how this turns out? Politics has not always been a part of my life. Um, as I told you, I was a basketball player and I was a lawyer before I even decided to step into the political arena. The catapult that actually got me in the political arena is believing that our community was being done a disservice by the individual seeking to run office. The only reason that the individual seeking to run office because he thought he can win. And in my opinion, just because you think you win and you're not talking about how you're going to help a community that's been disenfranchised for a long time, how you're going to uh, move the needle forward as it relates to progress. Those are the reasons people should run for office, not just because you think you can win. You need to have a core belief, a core want to do better for your community. I'm going to be in this political arena as long as I feel like there's a need for me to be in this arena. I think four Democrats now like why why jb smiley have experience on city council so i understand the inner workings of a community government i'm also a lawyer that means i have an understanding of the law but more importantly that i'm just like everybody else i'm a guy that wants 
the best for his family. I'm a guy that wants the best for his community. That some of the uh, more progressive uh, folks would say he's on the ground with us. And I'm a guy that can unify. Every piece of legislation that I've sponsored myself has gotten both Democrat and Republican support because what we want our government to do is to get things done. I was told that the wheels of government move slow. That may be true for some of the people who've been in this seat a lot longer than I. But when we got elected, we hit the ground running and we got things done for our district. Just recently, uh, we we pushed our mayor to invest $4 million into the poor zip code in this state at the Gaston Community Center, accomplish the Memphis Police Department's transparency portal, change our ordinances related to eviction setouts. They have a negative impact as it relates to blight in uh, the larger minority communities. We've been working hard since day one, and we will continue to work hard for the people of Tennessee. What was the relationship like with the mayor? I don't know a ton about the mayor. How has he been? He's a pro-business Democrat. He may disagree. Use it for him. He, he looks at how businesses, as opposed to people, should be moving. And it is my belief you should look at how the people should be moving and then the businesses. Because if you get the people in a position where they're doing well, the business automatically thrives. You need both. So it's votejbsmiley.com. I wish you luck in the race. I fancy myself a mediocre basketball player also, and I can tell that you've got game. I'm 30 pounds overweight now. You know, definitely Governor Lee needs to be replaced. So before we go, yeah, I have to say it this way. Come and go with me to a better Tennessee. Uh, is that the line? It's the line. It's the line all right. you get all the time. That's the line. All right, JB. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on here, and good luck to you. All right. Thank you. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee.